0: You're listening to the Hammer Horror Podcast. The Kiss of the Vampire. Welcome to the Hammer Horror Podcast. This is our fifth installment of the Vampire Tales edition and we're talking about uh, a movie called The Kiss of the Vampire. We've already had the Karnstein Trilogy and had a little sneak peek at Captain Kronos Vampire Hunter but now we go all the way back to 1963, um, so back to kind of a bit more the um, what I call the old school gothic horror that Hammer used to produce. Uh, once again, I'm joined by regular Hammer podcaster, Meredith Murphy. Hello, Meredith. Hello. Welcome back.
1: Why, thank you. It's very good to be back. All
0: right, well, look, let's talk about The Kiss of the Vampire. We'll go through the normal measures of things. We'll start just going straight into the plot of the movie. Um, and um, once we kind of talk through that part, um, we'll talk about the players, uh, put out our thoughts of the movie itself, and, um, and we'll see where our... Our reactions lie with this particular movie. So we start with the movie and it opens up with these two characters, male-female characters, Gerald and Marianne Harcourt, and they're motoring through Europe on their honeymoon when their car runs out of petrol. Looking out over the valley from his chateau window, Dr. Ravner sees them but cannot do anything before Gerald goes for help, leaving Marianne in the car. Gerald gets a tow to the nearest hotel, where they take a room for the night. So we've already seen the three key players of the uh, the piece. We've got um, evidently what appears to be the hero and the heroine mm-hmm. stranded in the middle of nowhere.
1: Yeah. Which, which is very much your, your classic horror film material about a yeah. car that breaks down on a lonely road. And I think possibly one of my favourite lines of the film took place there when he says... Oh. Stay in the car, and I'm like, yes, yes, a really early motor car with no, <laughs> no, yeah, no yeah, roof, yeah, the, no, no sort of surrounds. Uh, you know, don't, you're protected. Don't,
0: don't knock the car. Don't knock the car. It's a practical piece of machinery that, yeah, um, which broke it does down. does both the point too. I'm instantly kind of thinking of Lost Boys, mm. um, where they actually rip the roof off a car um, <laughs> to get to the. Uh, the victims at the time. And uh, she's so just sitting out just, there waiting uh, waiting yeah. for Easy vampires Pickings. And, yeah. Easy pickings. But we also get a, a quick look at this guy, Dr. Ravner too, a mysterious guy. He's basically watching them through a telescope or, you know, a visual apparatus. Um, within the confines of his castle, that's a bit of a giveaway, the fact that he's in a castle. Yeah, you
1: know, opening up, introducing any character with, you know, here I am in my castle, (laughs) you know, looking down on the the little bugs filled with blood that I want to sup Mm. on is really sort of setting a tone. That's
0: it, exactly. So there we go. So we've got the three main people. Then um, uh, they they turn up at the... So Gerald and Marianne turn up at the hotel. The Grand. The Grand, that's it. Uh, but there's no other guests staying there except for a certain Professor Zimmer who spends much of his time drinking. So a bit of an indication that this could be a, a important figure in the uh, mm.
1: And obviously piece. a bit of a stressful environment, this, this town. With yeah. The, the closed-up hotel, the he heavily drinking one one guest one in guest. The town.
0: Yes, that's it. Yeah, so there we go. So we're starting to already see a few few people that may uh, enter the fray as so to speak. Um, so the, we also meet the owners of the uh, the grand the hotel um, and they are Anna and Bruno and they try to make the newlywed stay uh, a happy one but they are obviously troubled by something this is going on to like the stress thing that you were mm. talking about there's something kind of eaten away at them um, and they evidently haven't had guests in a long time. Uh, which is attested to by the sheets that are, um, you know, that are over the furniture, and you know, there are remarks such as "nobody ever stays here anymore."
1: Which really, so. it's a great way to advertise your establishment. <laughs> yeah. I think you know, yeah. online Selling places up. could use that now. Yeah. like What if and what not going? Hmm, no one ever stays here. <laughs> Come it. now, it's cheap. <laughs> and yet, once again, in the grand tradition of a Hammer film, alarm bells aren't ringing.
0: No, that's it. That's it. So yeah, but um, but they don't actually kind of say why. No one stays there, which... Uh, and
1: they don't ask.
0: I don't ask, but either. But, you know, they're
1: too busy Just being to, young and yeah. in love. Yeah,
0: young and in love, impetuous. Yeah. So, anyway, Gerald and Marianne take tea in their room. A letter arrives for them, and it's from Dr. Ravna, inviting them to dine with him. When Bruno tells them that Dr. Ravna's table is the best in the country, they decide to go.
1: I like how he also puts down his wife immediately as well, of going basically... Her, her culinary... You know, skills <laughs> are somewhat subpar. I yeah, suggest you uh, go to the, the sinister-looking uh, castle the uh, Don't eat road. here.
0: Yeah. Oh, cooking's awful.
1: Yeah, yeah. Head, yeah. head for the sinister lands, <laughs> yeah. and you know you'll be laughing.
0: So yeah, and interesting that they they go. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, we'll go to that. As you do. Um, so, uh, where was I? So then, Gerald and uh, Marianne find uh, the pheasant and wine to be tasty at this kind of uh,
1: well, who does
0: spread that they. Dr. Ravnos put on, yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, Dr. Ravnos uh, appears to be a charming host, and his son Carl is a fine pianist.
1: Oh, I just wanted to slap him personally, <laughs> but, you know, we'll, we'll get on to that later. Yes,
0: well, Carl plays one of his own compositions too, and, uh, and interestingly, Marianne is almost entranced mm. when listening to this
1: much to the concern of her her, her new yeah, husband
0: that's it it's like, hang on a minute what bewitchery is this <laughs> he will find out in due course as we plod on through the film um so as an added surprise dr ravner says that he's sending for some petrol for their car but it may take several days it's a bit mm, really <laughs> to get petrol okay
1: I can just imagine some little, you know, castle minion with a hunchback <laughs> yeah. sort of lugging over the That's Alps it. someday. <laughs>
0: That's with it. A
1: barrel Marist of petrol. Morris just says,
0: "I got to get some petrol."
1: Do I want the on-lead unlit?
0: <laughs> <laughs> he gets all the way there and goes, "Oh, which one was it?" I have to go back.
1: Not the super. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, anyway, so Gerald and Marianne return to the hotel. It's late, and Marianne is tired, but not tired enough not to hear Anna sobbing in a room down the hall. So Marianne goes to investigate, peeks in, and sees Anna sitting on the floor going through some clothes and photos of her daughter Tanya, who has been lost to Ravna. Ah, uh,
1: so probably, you know, probably left because of the cooking. That <laughs> yeah, left.
0: that's it. Anyway, so then, anyway, the, uh, the next day, Carl Ravna and his sister Sabina drop by to the hotel to invite Gerald and Marianne to a party that they conveniently have in that Saturday night.
1: They just threw it together. Yeah, Last minute. That's
0: it, exactly. It's going to be a gala, and Ravner is b- bringing in a chef from Paris and an orchestra from Vienna. <gasps> wow. And Carl and Sabina offer to loan Gerald and Marianne four more clothes so they don't have to worry about their dress.
1: An important point here, I think, has to be the petrol takes several days. The gala? Yeah. The gala's like the next day. You yeah, You know, yeah, Paris, yeah. Paris to wherever they are. That's it. Snap.
0: They're, they're not... They're not paying attention, are they? No, Gerald and Marianne, no. they're falling into the pitfalls.
1: The, the vortex of Ravna. That's it.
0: Indeed. The ravenous
1: vortex of Ravna.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, so Gerald um, invites them in for a drink, but they leave quickly when Professor Zimmer informs them that the weather is changing and the sun is coming out.
1: Yeah. Big sign th- there. Yeah, I think the term is pathetic fallacy. <laughs> actually it's it's when the weather um th- i digress slightly but when the weather matches the mood of a scene yes. which you know this is almost an extension of that yeah sort of like oh don't scare the creatures of the darkness
0: <laughs> we have to go now um uh, stuff to do
1: sunshine and whatnot. yes
0: <laughs> lovely day <laughs> not sticking around indoors anyway so there you go um so at the, the ball in question, the gala is, is a masked ball and Marianne is given a black mask. Gerald is given a red devil mask. Carl and Marianne dance and dance
1: and dance. Now, I don't know about you. I found there was something quite genuinely scary about that scene and the masks and the dancing that, you know, the more the dancing went on when I was like, okay, dude, stop now. Like everyone, (laughs) it's, everyone's not going to form the circle around you for like two (laughs) hours while you waltz. But, you know, they did. They
0: did. They were patient, patient guests. Patient well, they are there for a reason. Yes. Mm.
1: Mm. yes.
0: What could it be? I wonder. Yes. The whole mask thing, anyway, is a good. Um, that's always tends to work in horror, anyway, because you are immediately removing the human mm. features and the emotion and the emotive features that go with that. Which yeah. would, So by making a blank canvas, it makes it a and, a to, and a grotesque canvas in the
1: way of yeah. you know interchanging. You know. That's right, and it also is a good,
0: it's a bit of a. a Ploy anyway, isn't it, for what they are about to do? Mm, so con- mm. conveniently so. Um, and um, so the next, uh, so the next instance. Says, so they're all da- they're dancing along together, and Marianne takes a break and wonders where Gerald has gone. Cole switches his mask for the one like that being worn by Gerald, and without saying a word, he leads Marianne upstairs, where he abruptly pushes her into a room and locks the door.
1: Now, that's all a bit too house party for my liking. <laughs> come on upstairs, love. But. Hello,
0: me. Yes. But he doesn't say anything, does he? He's always that, that beckoning kind of um, with the finger. Look,
1: come this way. And the lady in red just follows. She
0: does. Glutton for punishment. Really?
1: And then. And then she's left the apparently
0: doctor alone. Me. But Dr. Ravner is there who mesmer- mesmerizes her and then bites her neck.
1: <gasps> you don't say. Yeah, totally. Oh, golly gosh.
0: <laughs> so, oh dear, so our heroine of the piece looks like she may have uh, fallen under the spell of the evil Dr. Ravna. Um, meanwhile, her husband is downstairs chatting with Sabina and drinking a bit too much champagne.
1: Understatement of the year. <laughs> yeah. Like add more. I like how when they enter the party in the first place, it's like, Would you like to dance or would you like champagne? <laughs> and and she's immediately dancing and he's he's like booze, yeah. straight for the I want the booze. The booze. Straight yeah. up, come on. Yeah, yeah, it's like he's he's the Moe in <laughs> <and> a straw. <laughs> That's it. I think it was Verve actually. It looked like oh, really? it was, there was lots of orange mm. labels and I'm like hmm. I
0: wasn't paying that much attention. Oh come please. on,
1: it's a garlic. Uh, yeah, better.
0: yeah, of course. Need to know how the uh, the vampires wine and dine, and
1: which does beg them, the question. I was under the impression that vampires didn't have food and drink, and only yeah, yeah. yeah. Well,
0: wow. that's a good point.
1: Yeah, but not not maybe, poking not in holes in a hammer. Did they? Pot. Did we
0: see them drink? We did see them drink. We saw we? them
1: drink. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, like this, uh, we've already had a podcast, um, which I know that comes um, the. Captain Kronos comes later in the text, mm. but that's looking at different types of vampires and breaking the myths down of, of your typical vampire Otherwise folklore legends. Otherwise known
1: as screenwriters so, yeah. wanting to create new plot structures, yeah, exactly. which you know, good on them. Like there's, yeah. there's only so mu- many times you can wheel out the same old vamp vamp yeah, so. it.
0: I cannot drink
1: though. we digress she got anyway, bitten
0: she got bitten yeah so Gerald's downstairs getting smashed and not
1: it, wondering where his woman no. is no
0: although at the point that he does Sabina just offers him more special glass of champagne
1: spiked me spiked, thinks spiked
0: yeah and Gerald drinks it and begins to feel faint so Sabina takes him upstairs so that he can lie down
1: I love how he accuses her of you trying to have your way with me <laughs> <laughs> pretty much yeah. i like oh, exactly
0: like, please don't
1: but take me upstairs. but take me upstairs
0: anyway yeah um, so the party suddenly take off their masks change into white gowns and enter a ceremonial ceremonial chamber where Ravna introduces Marianne as a new disciple
1: and I like how they come in in formation as well That's it I like this film. takes if lots of practice tell. to, yeah. um,
0: you know, get those kind of...
1: Flash uh, mob vampires. Yeah,
0: that's it. Like, when they first started those parties, it was a rabble, I tell you. Like, trying to get everyone in order. And Dr. <laughs> I was like, look, this isn't working. We need a system, okay? We need a system. Let's single file when you come into the room for our ceremony, okay? Anyway. Digression. So...
1: <laughs> <laughs> but a good one. Yeah. A good one.
0: So, look, yeah. So, they bring... The Esther bring, yeah.
1: Williams of vampires. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs>
0: Um, Gerald um, wakes up and there's no evidence of any party. Everyone seems to have cleared off.
1: Oh, I know that um,
0: feeling. And those well. that are around. <laughs> yeah, same with me, but normally I wake up in a field. Mm. Anyway, Digressions.
1: So
0: <laughs> this is a podcast about digressions. Um, anyway, everyone denies knowing Marianne, uh, much to his shock. And uh, Carl tells Gerald that he came in alone, drank too much and had to sleep it off they throw Gerald out where he was later found um, lying in the road by Professor Zimmer, who takes him back to the hotel. And importantly, um, Professor Zimmer is the one that says, no, you went there with your wife, you aren't going mad. Um, So, yes. Um, So
1: the the rambling alcoholic is is the only one.
0: Is the only one. Who knew? Anyway, so Bruno... um, also denies knowing Marianne the Bruno uh, just to remind you is the hotel owner
1: I was a bit hurt about that yeah I like to think that they had a bit more guts a bit yeah. more gumption but nah. no
0: nah. weak weak yeah. to the core mm. um, and all Marianne's clothes have gone too so not, eBay. not even yeah that's it well of course get rid of it get some money you know they're not getting any guests so you've got to have some kind of money coming into the hotel exactly, industry
1: Exactly.
0: Um, not even the police believe him and, and as I said only Zimmer Professor Zimmer remembers and he tells Gerald that Marianne is being held at Ravna's chateau Zimmer knows about the vampires and he tells Gerald about his own daughter who was made into a vampire by Ravna that night Gerald goes to the castle and he happens upon Tanya and asks for her help Tanya leads him straight to Ravna who calls for Marianne Marianne who is still in trance at this point doesn't want anything to do with Gerald and to prove it well,
1: she's
0: bits that. in his face
1: it was a good spit it was
0: a good spit um, I give it a 9 out of 10 mm,
1: for accuracy
0: mm. and volume
1: yes yes uh, the, the, the aim was exceptional it <laughs> yeah. just dribbled down my chin uh, that's
0: it And then uh, Ravna tells Tanya to initiate Gerald, and Tanya scratches his chest, drawing blood.
1: Tanya the vampire. Tanya
0: the vampire. So, just a reminder, too, she's the daughter of the uh, Hotel owners. owners. And she. (laughs) Oh, my Tanya. She doesn't talk like that, but it would have been great if she did. Um, So, she scratches uh, Gerald's chest, drawing blood, and she bends forward to bite his neck, and then Gerald pushes her away, makes a cross on his chest, using his own blood
1: now I thought that of all the vam- vampire the protection cru- crucifix devices, things that yeah. took it to the next level they did
0: it was pretty pretty hardcore
1: yeah it's, it's the most MacGyver <laughs> that's so it far. bodily <laughs> fluids <laughs>
0: MacGyver um, so yeah so he then um, as she uh, as I said bends down by his neck he forms the cross of his, uh, using his own blood uh, at that moment Zimmer enters the room and they grab Marianne and take her back to the hotel so Professor Zimmer turns up again to save the day Kind of, and then Zimmer um, has placed crosses uh, drawn with distillation of garlic on all the entrances to the chateau, which seals the vampires inside. So this is going back to the myth that like garlic works. Mm. I mean, we've had it with uh, like garlic flowers and stuff, but just the scent of garlic. I don't know. Anyway, the the
1: the the, the, what is it the garden gourmet like that that's the, the garlic and the herbs you can get in the tube yeah, they just yeah, yeah. need to start carrying that around that's it. And like crossing a the just smear yourself always. in it yeah just roll in the garlic. <laughs> that's
0: it so anyway so the vampires are trapped inside the chateau and um, uh, Professor Zimmer says tonight is the full moon and Capricorn is in conjunction with Saturn it's a perfect night for performing a ritual that he's been working on to destroy the vampires so conveniently it's all happening in this one mm. night where <clears> things are going a bit sour and they need to act yeah,
1: you yeah. know, timing is everything. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's been like sitting there for ages going, I really wish a couple of people would come along. Yeah. So that they. Newlyweds, def- preferably. Yeah, preferably newlyweds. And then one of them gets sacrificed and it needs to fall at a time when Saturn is in conjunction with the moon. And Otherwise, all the better. It yeah, it happens. And it happens. And um, and that's where everything kicks into full gear. So while Zimmer is preparing all the, uh, the ritual kind of bits and pieces he has to do, Ravenna summons Marianne, who starts walking back to the castle. When Joel discovers that Marianne is gone, he and Father Xavier, who's a another character that crops up onto the scene,
1: bit of a ring in.
0: Yeah, a bit think. of a ring in. We really need some more help. I know. Let's turn to the priest.
1: Mm. Well, you know, so, against against evil. Yeah, that's the it. Earth. It's
0: been a common theme actually that we need to call on some kind of uh, Christian um, uh, believer to. Fight evil, because mm. um, like Van Helsing's not around, so he can't kind of rely on yeah. him. Yeah,
1: yeah, you need you need the full force of the Vatican to That's have it. you back. That's basically. Right.
0: Yeah, gonna have your trust in that. So they go, uh, Father Xavier, and Joel goes off in pursuit of Marianne. Zimmer summons a scourge of bats at this stage,
1: which was awesome. <laughs> then they
0: fly into the castle, um, just at the point where you know everyone's there in the castle and the chateau, and um, Basically, uh, yeah, all these bats kind of burst their way in.
1: With a bit of a cross between the Wizard of Oz and the birds. It
0: was going to be used at the end of uh, Brides of Dracula, um, uh-huh. which was the second Dracula instalment. And, uh, and it was actually um, in the script. And um, uh, Peter Cushing, who was the playing Van Helsing at the time, said that Van Helsing would never do that. That's ridiculous. And it got written out.
1: Cushing question Cushing at Hammer film, yeah, and said a plot device was too ridiculous. Yeah, he did. Good grief. Yeah,
0: yeah. Have, yeah, crazy, crazy. It? I know, but it was early. That was early then, so you know they hadn't really kind of established that whole. Um, they
1: got it into their The groove. groove. Yeah, <laughs> it's all about the groove.
0: <laughs> it's the Hammer groove. Um, so <laughs> they, um, but obviously the producers were still keen on that idea, and they used it at the end of end of this piece here. So Professor Zimmer summoned all these bats, they fly into the castle and they bite all the vampires to death, which releases Marianne from her trance. Mm. And uh, there's a uh, climactic scene um, uh, you know, where Zimmer summons this plague of bats um, to overwhelm Ravna. Um, I mean, you said you liked it, yeah? But like, or... Well,
1: I, I enjoyed the whole film. Um, I, I would probably agree that it was a little that they weren't shall we say the most realistic bats in the world but i don't i don't go to hammer no. for realism no the so, bats
0: the bats in question were apparently bought from Woolworths. so i uh, hope they
1: use their everyday rewards card there it's must be a, a fair few it's a
0: different kind of uh so because like oh. the Woolworths in the uk is a bit more like your big w
1: oh even better
0: um so uh, it's not a food chain you know oh. out here so um so I just clarify that for Australian audiences, UK audiences will pro- will obviously know what we're talking about, what I'm talking about. But Australian listeners, this is a different kind of franchise. And but it's somewhere you can go and buy well, like comedy comedy bats, and that's what they used. Um, so, but I, I think this quote here was from I'm pretty sure it's from um, Marcus Horn, but I could be misquoting. Anyway, it was a quote, a nab from somewhere saying the climactic scene where Zemo summons a plague of bats to overwhelm Ratner unfortunately diminishes the rest of the film's intelligence. And I kind of get what they're saying about that. They're talking about the fact that um, we've had all this build-up. There's this kind of uh, vampire aristocrat kind mm. of group, and you know, a lot of cult kind of element creeping in. And yes, they use. Uh, I was
1: expecting Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. To I know, eyes wide corner. shut. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. seen with the mask as yeah, well. I was yeah. just thinking
0: that too. So yeah, look, you feel like it needed a bit of a better ending than it did. It just kind of yeah, I think that's a
1: bit: something we've seen in quite a few of the Hammer films now. Yeah. It seems to be they get to a certain stage of the plot where it's sort of, ooh, we're at the, you know, one hour and thirty minute mark. How yes. do we wrap this up? That's
0: it, exactly. And I
1: think that's, that's a problem ongoing in Hammer films, that it's the sort of the quick yeah, wrap like it quick, up in a bow. Yeah, gotta put to, to put to end stake it somehow.
0: In. lots of drama, lots of tension and then sometimes it works, sometimes big band endings, sometimes not so much. There you go. That's pretty much the movie. Let's, let's look at the uh, the plays in question, the people that kind of build up and make the film, um, centering on the actors first and foremost. Uh, probably the person I wanna send on first is uh, Clifford Evans, who plays Professor Zimmer in this. Um, he has cropped up in a couple of other Hammer vehicles, The Curse of the Werewolf and uh, The Kiss of the Vampire, um, which is obviously the one we're talking about. Um, outside of that, he was also in a few other things like the Power Game, the Avengers, and uh, Randall and Hopkirk, Deceased. Um, he's essentially the he is the hero of the piece. He's he's the Van Helsing kind of role, as in he's the learned man who um, you know uses a bit of sorcery at the end there hmm. to kind of combat evil.
1: I like though how with this film, and you were saying before how in many ways it's a bit more of an intelligent vampire film as it goes, that he was a bit more of a complex hero than your average one, that he was clearly one a bit messed up, lost his daughter, struggling with the bottle. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, at first... you were almost a bit dismissive of him in the beginning yeah. and you know I think we all had that inkling of okay maybe you are going to get yourself together and save yeah. the day but I yeah. just thought you know the characters in general were a little more developed and a bit more rounded yeah they were
0: film. yeah they were I, I'd agree with that too and that, like particularly with uh, Professor Zimmer too I mean like you're right he he was standoffish he was un, unapproachable at first and you know in contrast to the welcoming um, hotel owners uh, you know there was you, you felt out of, you know, that you weren't immediately connecting to him, mm. but as his story unravels, and you know, he turns to what he's good at, his science at yeah. the end, too. So he uses his own knowledge and power in order mm. to combat evil. I liked his performance, too. I thought he was a good good um, actor in this and, and believable, too, in, in his struggles. Um, so, yeah, it was cool. Uh, next up, we have Noel Willman, who played Dr. Ravna. So, this is our head, head fan. Ravna. Ravna's Ravna. Um, and he too had cropped up in a couple of other um, Hammer vehicles outside of *The Kiss of the Vampire*. He played Dr. Franklin in *The Reptile* and also Zartor in *The Vengeance of She*.
1: It's a good name.
0: Yeah, oh, it's a great name. Yeah, if you haven't seen *She*, I really recommend it. It's one of the one of the better ones. Cushing and Lee together. Um, Ursula Andress playing the uh, the title. I
1: am running towards <laughs> my nearest video yeah. shop now yeah.
0: oh, I've, I've got a I'll, I'll, I'll let you have it um, anyway that's, uh, I'm, I'm no doubt that'll become a podcast somewhere down the future too <laughs> so outside of that he also cropped up in The File, The Man Who Knew Too Much and Dr Zhivago just to name a few um, interestingly he was also a theatre director and an actor and he he's won a Tony Award in 1962 for his direction of the original Broadway production of Robert Maltz, A Man for All Seasons. um, uh, That was a theatre production that got made into a a film, actually, with Paul Schofield in it and got a lot of nods. It's still held quite highly critically um, for being one of the the better British movies made over the years. And uh, one of his most uh, famous theatrical roles was actually, obviously, Alec Guinness, stage production of uh, The Prisoner. Uh, This would be later made into a film with... Uh, Alec Guinness and Jack Hawkins so um he's right he again liked liked his mm. performance dr Ravner he came across as uh, I mean he was like he's suave. a lot of he was suave there you go that's the thing yeah
1: and that's what I did like him in that he wasn't one of those you could see he is your charismatic vampire yeah. cult leader yeah and it wasn't you know he is a caricature baddie no no which, that's right you know it's
0: it's interesting too because you you can't help but compa- compare um, actors to mm. Christopher Lee yeah. uh, playing Dracula, I and mean, obviously that's Dracula, and that's a bit of a different kettle of fish in its own right. But um, uh, up to this point, like the cinema-going audience would have seen Christopher Lee playing Dracula, then would have had David Peel playing um, the oh, I forgotten the name of the character, but in *Brides of Dracula*. Um, the lead kind of vampire in that and now we get um, Noel Willman's turn too each of them um, are, are good in their own right but you, you can't help but weigh up that kind of contrast yeah. to Christopher Lee and um, and you know he, he did get the right right side of suaveness though to pull it off I think yeah. and make it believable um, but yeah it was, it was good, yeah good performance then we get onto the hero of the piece a guy called Ed, um, Edward D'Souza who played Gerald Harcourt in this. Again, another bit of a hammer regular in the sense that he cropped up in uh, the Phantom of the Opera play, uh, playing a character called Harry Hunter in that too. so um, But he also was in a, a Doctor Who story, Mission to the Unknown, and this was the only story ever broadcast in the series not to feature Doctor Who, uh, the Doctor, in any capacity, mm. which was kind of interesting. Um, outside of that, he played uh, Sheikh Hussein in the James Bond film *The Spy Who Loved Me*.
1: I knew I recognised another that Bond man. link.
0: <laughs> um, and he was also um, he was also in *The Golden Compass*, which was made in t- a couple of years back now, two thousand and seven, uh, playing the second High Counsellor um, within that film. Uh, would also be in *The Man in Black* on BBC Radio Four between nineteen eighty eight and nineteen ninety two and would, as is the way, would crop up in a TV soap opera, Coronation Street, uh, seems to Represent. be a Represent. Yeah, exactly. As Colin Grimshaw in that one too. Um, he also crops up in a couple of other things, Rumpel and Bailey, an episode called The Man in Sapphire and Still, and was in Rome and the Borgias of late. Too.
1: so yet again another cast who have done some damn big work yeah and pretty, pretty big work.
0: that's right that's right and look he's he's okay like uh, i would say like my one criticism is that they like the the role of gerald and the role of marianne aren't they're pretty paint by numbers kind of stuff yeah, you know yeah, they have to go through
1: i must admit i preferred her to him i thought yeah he, he was a bit of a bit of a wet blanket he was
0: a bit actually he was a bit but then i i think that's hard too because like we've evidently like professor zimmer's the 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 person that resolves everything mm. and you've got dr ravner who's been the the villain of the piece so, so where does of, he kind of sit it's yeah. kind of like a bit
1: he's a bit of the hapless romantic caught yeah up in the middle of it.
0: exactly exactly well let's talk about um The the lady that played Marian Harcourt next, the lady's name is Jennifer Daniel. She would appear in uh, another Hammer vehicle as well with a reptile, uh, playing Valerie Spalding in that one, and also uh, cropped up in Rumpel of the Bailey too. Um, Outside of that, nothing really of massive note, Mm. you know, she didn't really do a lot um, within her career that was of a highlight anyway. Yeah. but yeah you're right I th- I found her performance quite quite interesting too you know and you know falling under the spell and you know and and this and the struggle of trying to come you know come to and then you know again falling under the spell again later on and yeah no she she was uh, marginally marginally better i would have said let's, than, let's than her other half Than her other half yeah just marginally marginally um so let's uh let's talk about Carl Ravner next he was um He's the uh, son of Dr. Ravner, and is played by Barry Warren. He cropped up in a fair few, actually, of uh, Hammer's films. He was in, uh, aside from The Kiss of the Vampire, he was in uh, The Devil Ship Pirates, playing Don Manuel Rodriguez de Sevilla. Just an
1: um. <laughs> easy name that rolls That's off it. the tongue.
0: Um, and in Frankenstein Created Woman, he played Carl. That's a bit easier to pronounce.
1: Karl. Carl! Carl!
0: uh you were hinting that you weren't too keen on this character no
1: i think it was that <laughs> i mesmerize women with my piano playing i waltz until they're almost unconscious yeah um
0: he was no Liberace. no you know, no he wasn't his piano skills wasn't that
1: i, th- I think it's just because his, his father was so much more dashing yeah and i'm like give me the cult leader the any person. day rather than you <laughs> yeah. know the underling you know it's hiding in the background yeah, okay. yeah, you know. Being I sp-
0: too can be romantic and mesmerizing.
1: And it's like, no, you know, you've got the baby fangs <laughs> by it. comparison. Yeah.
0: So. yeah, no, I agree. I, I wouldn't have said he was a remarkably uh, noteworthy performance within that. I mean, um, yeah, you're right. He is outshined by his father.
1: I think the thing is, though, all the actors did do a good job. Yeah, I were, think it is a good They're just all stable character, performances. Yeah. Character hierarchy, that yeah. someone's got to be the hero. Yep, so the husband can't be the hero. And that sort of follows through with a lot of the characters. Yeah, that's that because true. someone sort of has that, you know, yeah. cliche, I don't know what you'd call it, maybe not cliche, maybe just sort of genre driven role within the film to that's progress it. the plot. Yeah. Exactly. You know, he couldn't be anything but no, what no, he was. That's
0: right. That's right. Um, I'm going to really kind of whittle through the other actors really, really quickly. Uh, We have Brian Altin, who played one of the disciples. Um, The reason I want to mention him is because he was in The Damned and The Kiss of the Vampire um, as his two big uh, Hammer films. He also cropped up in The 39 Steps, I'm Alright Jack, a number of Carry On films. um, Also Gandhi and Young Sherlock Holmes. I've already raved about Young Sherlock Holmes in a previous podcast. Oh,
1: yes, you have.
0: (laughs) love that movie. Um, then we have uh, Father Xavier, and he's played by Noel Howlett. Um, now, along with John Ray, he's one of only two actors to appear in one of the three 1950s BBC Quadamas serials to reprise his role in the subsequent Hammer horror film adapt- adaptation, Quadamas and the Pit, which we've yet to talk about in the podcast, but I have actually stated that this is one of my favourite Hammer films. Um, so
1: I dare say there's going to be a podcast. It probably on will
0: it. do. It's just uh, when when to do it anyway. Um, but he's he uh, look he's principally remembered as the incompetent headmaster Maurice Cromwell in ITV 1970s cult television program Please Sir, which was huge 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 in Britain. Um, and I quite liked his performance. I mean, albeit brief, he mm. just crops up towards the end. But good performance. Yeah, no, but a around.
1: good good job.
0: Yeah, good job, good job there, sir. Um, Then outside of that we've got a guy who plays Bruno, Um, he's the innkeeper and that's a gentleman by the name of Peter Madden. Um, He uh, would uh, crop up in um, Frankenstein created woman as well as the kind of stern police chief. Um, His last hammer role was brief as a coach driver in Frankenstein and the monster from Hell. Uh, outside of that, he would be seeing another brilliant British film, The Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner. He, another Bond uh, connection. He was in there uh, from Russia with Love, too. Um, and, and a number of other th- films, too, as well. You know, I'm not going to say too much about Bruno and Anna, really. Um, they're, they're good names. They're good names. they stable performances. Anna was played by a lady called Vera Cook. And uh, she actually, again, would be in a lot of Hammer films. Never takes sweets from a stranger. Was in The Brides of Dracula, The Shadow of the Cat, Cash on Demand, although a bit um, an uncredited performance, and even uh, cropped up in the Hammer House of Horror episode Guardian Guardian of the Abyss. Um, so kind of cool. But let's let's um, let's look at Tanya next. Uh, now, she, important to note her because. She will later crop up. Um, well, we've already spoken about her in um, a previous podcast with the Carstein trilogy. She was in *Twins of Evil*. Uh, film was her film debut in the, um, you know, as uh, Tanya and one of Ravna's disciples. Um, and um, yeah, look, she—I I thought she was okay in this. Was a um, yeah, I no, agree. She... Noteworthy performance. It was. It was fairly amicable like she plays a better role in the Twins of Evil mm. like down the line but that's a few years down the track and
1: a bit for more
0: weight under her belt by that point pretty
1: girl she did evil pretty damn well without being too yeah yeah. you know
0: exactly Yeah.
1: I can't think of the word but I think you know what <laughs> I'm getting at I do I you do. know she gorgeous played a you know a genuinely scary young lady to yeah. encounter in a graveyard that's right so. that's right
0: yeah indeed so um no, no, she was good too I, I do agree um, outside of that just the last two people to note is uh, the police sergeant played by John Harvey guy just cropped up in X the Unknown The Stranglers of Bombay uh, Hell is a City The Phantom of the Opera The Kiss of the Vampire The Old Dark House The Scarlet Blade and The Satanic Rites of Dracula so the reason I'm noting him is because he has obviously being quite a hammer regular with it that's his performance is that's a
1: hammer there. pedigree that is and li-
0: likewise um, we also just uh, uh, shouldn't take a nod to the lady playing Sabina Ravner Jackie Wallace um, or, you know, but she didn't really have much room to shine within this movie um, so a bit of a forgettable performance other mm. than coercing um, our, our lead male with drink But there you go.
1: Well, you know, he didn't remember either. No, he didn't remember either. That's true.
0: That's true. Um, And the last person I want to mention is the director, Don Sharp. Now, this guy was um, an Aussie, Tasmanian-born guy. Um, And uh, he directed uh, The Devil Ship Pirates, The Face of Fu Manchu... Rasputin, the Mad Monk, The Brides of Fu Manchu, and The Thirty Nine Steps—not uh, the average Hitchcock version, the Hammer version, which came in the late seventies. Yeah, there was—I uh, wouldn't have said there's some standout moments really visually in this movie, but um, again, I think it comes down to—and I mean, this comes to the, our thoughts on the movie mm. as a whole—but it's a stable movie. It's—it's—it's it's, it's neither weak nor. Fantastically, mind-blowingly brilliant. Yeah, I
1: I I would agree, and I think production value-wise, yeah, this is when they're really starting to get their themselves together. That's right. Yeah. Um, you know, it was well lit. It was well edited. It was agreed. It it was one of those films that really did, and this is where it comes back with a lot of Hammer films to the whole nostalgia thing Mm. to me. I felt like I was eleven watching a film on the ABC. Yeah. In an uh, in the late afternoon, you yeah. know, on a Sunday.
0: This is why this is part of the beauty of rewatching these movies because exactly. there is that nostalgia thing and and you feel like it's you're you automatically transported to it being a lazy Sunday afternoon.
1: Exactly. And, <laughs> you know, and for that, that I really enjoyed it yeah, in that yeah, you know f- it was one of those ones where it wasn't appallingly scripted or appallingly acted. No. Like, not to say anything about Hammer's ever been appalling, <laughs> but there have been right. some. There which have been, been some dubious patchy. moments. Yeah, yeah, and this one wasn't patchy. No. like maybe it's not right. the shining star of the Hammer films. No, this but is this is
0: interesting too as well, and that's important. You say that because there are no like uh, notable Hammer leads in this one mm. at all. These are all. Different people that have come into it, they, they, and I don't mean that to diminish their performances because I think they they are credible performances. Um, but it does miss that star power that of like the Peter Cushing's yeah. and Christopher Lee. And
1: I think that's one thing and that Ralph Bates. you can't oh, Ralphie, <laughs> Ralphie just lost but, Meredith
0: now. Sorry, folks. <laughs>
1: but, um, you can't hold that against it because no, I think that's I the thing that maybe you know had Christopher Lee been in it, it'd be maybe considered one yeah. of the canonical. You know, yeah, yeah, that's runs. right. So, yeah, yeah look, I, it, I really
0: enjoyed it does it. everything right. The formula's in place there. It it runs through the mill, does things as it should. Potentially arguing whether it, it had a a weak ending, um, you know. But
1: bit of woolies, but woolies you know, bat the journey,
0: action. the the woolies, bad action. The the journey itself was was good. I felt. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, I all would all. agree,
1: and some some good blood effects. I'd
0: like so. the idea of it being like if they were to revisit this, like really. Um, scrutinising the cult element a mm. bit further. I found that, that for me, was, was an interesting part of this. Um, yeah, just felt that was kind of an interesting moment. And, like, you know, the reverse of the cult, really. As in, like, you know, not people being brought into the cult, but how the cult actually stands from a vampiric form rather than a human element yeah. bringing on the occult. Mm. Um, yeah. Anyway, it was it was kind of interesting for me. Did you have any uh, favorite moments at all in the movie?
1: Favorite moments? Well, favorite line would have to be stay in the car because <laughs> you're gonna be safe in the car. Stay in the car. Um, I think the 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 gala ball scene. Yeah. Because um, some of those masks I did actually find genuinely scary. Yeah. And yeah. I think I went back to being eleven year old Meredith, <laughs> and I had a bit of a moment of, oh, there's something psychologically going on there. Going on mm. there, which is. You know a bit unsettling yeah you know it was a good you know your classic romp through you know corseted you know <laughs> Bulgaria or whatever country we're yeah, in you know yeah. we were somewhere in Eastern Europe in some magical time period that's right that Nostalgia factor, well made film. Yeah, yeah, it.
0: I think I agree with, on all those elements too. I like the, the gala sequence, was was actually, I think, because it, the life kicked into the film a mm. bit there, and naturally because they're at a party, and so and also that's where things start going sour as well. Yeah. Um, you know, the these two um central characters become ensnared in into the, the machinations, yeah, exactly. <laughs> And so, um, so that for me, yeah, I think you're right. And and I did like the uh, the the, uh, the ceremony part too, um, even though it was an organised single file that, version that of it. Choreography um, was yeah. quite clever. Yeah, I and it, it did
1: sort of add a certain ritualistic and yeah. sort of threatening yeah. undertone to it all. About thinking about rituals and the dark side of rituals, that's right, religious yeah. or whatever, mm. you know, good or evil type yeah, of things it was a, it was a clever
0: film it was very clever and um and i i do want to actually i know we've talked about the players of the piece but i do think another nod back to clifford Evans who played professor zimmer mm. i did like his performance and i tend to gravitate towards characters that appear troubled in some way shape or form i mean that's partly like talking about current uh, tv series that's what um makes luther an interesting person to watch on tv you know I'm trying to think of other equivalents, but, you know...
1: Your Donald Drapers. Yeah, any, exactly. Anyone that's Somebody got a that's, bit of edge. That's it, know, exactly.
0: And that he had that going on, and he portrayed it really well. And I thought he was good. Yeah, so that kind of concludes. And any other thoughts, any last bits and pieces on the movie to wrap up?
1: No, just, you know... Buy, any, your, any, buy your bats
0: from Willy. Well, thank you again for joining us on this. Uh, as always, a delight talking with you over likewise. these Hammer films that we are finding ourselves embedded into. Hope you enjoyed it too, listeners. Uh, next, Our uh, next instalment uh, creeps a bit further forward in time now, um, and I will be joined by Miles Davis for that, and we'll be looking at the film Vampire Circus. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening.